All right, Singaba Kungumalo, he's the spokesperson for the Department of Correctional Services. He joins me now. Singaba good morning. A very good morning and thank you for having us. Now, you have decided to terminate, this is the contracts of the warder and another official. Um, this is firstly the warder who was shown, caught in this video, um, you know, performing sexual acts with an inmate and another official of the department. Talk to me about your investigation. How did you conduct it? Um, Chippy, you will remember that we had promised the nation that we're going to investigate this particular matter as something which really disturbed us. And we needed, we needed to understand what really happened besides just what everybody could see circulating in the social media space. Mm. We, we then conducted that investigation. Then it was clear that indeed the act took place and oh, we could also locate where it was and also even the office where this unfortunate incident happened. Then the disciplinary processes needed uh, to kick in, and then it was then clear that the two people in that video, you know, needed to be brought before uh, the disciplinary process, but also the uh, person who is occupying that particular office. And then the sanction out of that particular process was that both officials uh, must be uh, dismissed, but summarily for now, following um, um, the processes in the public service. And uh, the inmate was also um, moved to another facility, reclassified back into maximum, and lost uh, a number of privileges. And uh, it is something which, you know, as a department, we're not proud of. But uh, when people act against the code of conduct, engage in acts uh, which are never permitted, we needed to act. And that's what exactly we did. Singapore, let's talk about um, the the officials, the official in question, in particular the warder. It was circulating at the time on social media that this inmate also happened to be her husband. Is that true? That is not true. And we dismissed that even at the time. Mm. That was not true. I think it's just the creativeness of people through Photoshop and other means and also trying to find identities where they do not exist. Mm. That was not true. And some even went to an extent to say maybe they were like, previously married or lovers. Uh, we dismissed that. Uh, it even went further to say someone may have committed suicide. Again, that was not true. Mm, mm. Yes. D- did you find how long the relationship had been going on for? Um, during the uh, disciplinary um, uh, hearing, uh, it, it went down to the evidence, you know, that we had and to say, okay, this is the incident, did it happen? We, we also had to probe further, you know, to check whether was this, you know, a usual occurrence, whether there were other people also mm. doing the same. All those things did occupy, you know, the, our officials who were in charge of the process. And then, but then, you know, when you deal with these matters, eventually it, it comes down to hardcore evidence that you have. Hence, then, the issue at the, at the end of the day was to say, yes, an act, and both parties, uh, you, know, d- d- you know, did confirm that it took place, and then they needed to pay attention. So are, are you saying that out of those disciplinary hearings, you weren't able to, ex- to establish how long it had been going on for, or even if this is something that is going on that involves other parties as well? It's a... During that year, it, it, it was difficult, you know, to establish whether uh, this thing, ha- you know, has been going on, you know, for mm. for months or for years. You know, when people say, no, this was the only incident, 
and then you, you just have to take that unless you can, you know, bring to the fore, you know, additional evidence to that effect. Mm. Hence, then the sanction could only be based on that. But uh, even at the time, we said as a department, we're looking at a much broader scope than just what, you know, we could see in that particular video because out of this um, exercise, we also needed to see how best then can we prevent things like this from uh, happening in future. Because one of the questions was to say, who is this particular inmate? Was even allowed to be in the space where he was? Because mm. you will know in our centers that uh, inmates get classified, others they will start maybe cleaning in the cells, and as they serve their sentences, but in particular uh, part at different programs, they even go to an extent of cleaning in some of the offices which are located, you know, in, in the correctional centers or even in the terrain. So, and by doing so, um, you start also to give them more responsibilities, mm. taking charge of certain things that are happening there. But when there is a breach of this nature, and then you really have to ask yourself whether, you know, where all processes followed and also to check whether even this particular did even qualify, you know, to be in that particular space. I'm interested in why you have <coughs> also suspended the official uh, who that office belonged to. It's a... Um, we needed, as I said, we needed to check was this inmate mandated to be in the space where he was, and 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 the, and the answer to that is no, because the inmate is serving a life sentence, and amongst um, uh, the offences includes rape, so that inmate, you know, cannot be uh, allocated, you know, a, a, a cleaning um, a, a responsibility in the offices where uh, female officials are working. Again, if this inmate was there with just this official the risk there is also much greater and this official clearly she knew up you know knew about this and then so, she uh, so, 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 but, but 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 did you find that the official and not the warden here did you find that the official um knew about about what was happening and that in fact had given some level of authorization in terms of the use of of of, of the office it, 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 it went down to you know, being, you know, I like giving approval for your office to be used for this particular act. But I wouldn't want to go further than that as the uh, the, the other official who's been dismissed, you know, is, is challenging the dismissal. So there's going to be more out of this. So I think I want to limit it to that to say uh, the reason why, you know, she's been dismissed is because of the fact that you could establish that she knew about, you know, what was happening there. Hence, the dismissal. You know, there are all sorts of, 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 of issues that this conversation has raised. And this is about what is happening in prisons. And as you're saying, that there the are strict codes of behavior. But for yeah. a long time now, Singabako, <clears throat> we have been getting different reports that show that, in fact, these codes only exist on paper and that the relationship between prisoners and warders is often very, very gray, you know, and, and that, you know, there's a tit-for-tat relationship at play there. It's not supposed to be like that. And the court is very clear because even officials have, you know, the flexibility to indicate, to say, you know what, I'm no longer comfortable in this particular space. 
can I be moved somewhere else? Or if the supervisor does pick up that, you know what, there are certain things or tendencies that, you know, are no longer in line uh, with the prescribed code, and then the supervisor can also recommend that an official or it may be moved somewhere else. Because the code is very clear that, you know, form of, you know, relations must be, you know, established between officials and inmates, you know, except, you know, one uh, which is about, you know, rehabilitation processes and facilitating, you know, various programs. But at no point you should find uh, a situation where an official inmate are having such a very close relationship that, you know, it, it borders on, you know, issues related to, you know, security uh, or even, mm. you know, safe custody. But, 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 but Singapore, it takes place in different forms. So in this instance, of course, you have, uh, you know, the, these two individuals that, of course, were, were engaged in the sexual act. But in other instances, it comes down to warders who allow certain inmates to have certain things in their cells that are prohibited. So the, the nature of the relationships vary. But the point is that um, but, inmates... But that is not allowed because those officials get charged. You know, when we do searching or when we go on uh, inspections, when we pick up that inmate... I'll give you a typical example. Mm. Has, you know, more uh, grosser items, you know, in his sir. The first question we have to say, how did you manage to get these items? And then how did you buy them from the tax shop? And when we pick up that there is an official who may have added an email to, you know, to acquire those items, that, that official must be shot because it's against the policy. But, you know, the code is very clear in terms of this, but why there are transgressions? Has it been very clear to say, when officials transgress on the code of conduct, we need to act, and you always urge the supervisors, you know, to have a closer look in terms of what's happening, you know, at, at you know at, at, the, at the ground level, so that you can prevent, you know, other things from happening. Because at no point you should find some inmates, you know, being seen or leaving something which is, you know, different from others to an extent that others may say, oh, these ones maybe it's because they are close to these particular officials. You are, something like that is not permitted. You know, inmates must be, you know, treated as equal, and uh, when officials you know, extend certain things which they're not supposed to, we need to act against such. Mm, mm, mm. Do, do we know yet who made this video? The um, part and parcel of the investigation was to get hold of the gadget which was used. Mm. But the challenge right, was that the incident took place in August 2020. And uh, there had been a lot of things which happened even, you know, after that. And mm. again, these particular inmates had even... Uh, was even moved from Norma uh, to another facility due to water shortages that were experiencing there. So then it becomes difficult then to, you know, it, it became difficult then to locate this particular gadget. But um, the, the, disciplinary, uh, the disciplinary process was thorough and, uh, and the inmate was even called in, you know, to testify to say what happened, you know, all those things. So, but, but did you find out who process. made, did you find out who made the video though? Um, on uh, whose phone it was recorded? On, 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 on this one. Uh, that that is contained, you know, in that particular case. Hence, I've said I don't want to disclose much as the other processes now ongoing, as as I've indicated that the other official uh, intends, you know, to appear. Okay, so yes. uh, so so when you say the, the other official, this is the official the, who, the who, who owns office. the office. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, office was used. Yes. Do, do you have reason to believe that it was the official's phone that was being used there? It's it's, uh, it, 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 it's it's quite. I wouldn't want to speculate because you, again, you need hard evidence. Because when you say it's an official's phone, you need to have those images or that video in the official's phone. If the if it's the inmate who illegally managed to get this phone, uh, you also need to have 
that particular gadget with, you know, the footage in it. So yeah, when, but, but I would when, imagine when that that formed that. a crucial part of the investigation because if it was the inmate, it again shows the extent of law-breaking that is taking it's, place. It, because it, 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 it is without a doubt that uh, the inmate uh, had um, a, 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 a mobile phone. Okay. Uh, whether it was used for this particular incident or for others, you know, I think that's a different matter. But we could establish that the inmate indeed had, you know, a mobile phone in this position and which was you know which we acquired you know through illegal means hence then mm. uh, that was also included you know in the sanction that was taken against the inmate but but you don't know who, you don't know whose phone was it, recording on, on, on that one i will have to go back and really establish it whose phone it was used for this particular um act in terms of taking the, the actual footage it's not the only incident that we're seeing of videos being taken by inmates. We've seen recently another video of inmates. Um, this is attacking warders. This is in, in behind prison. Of course, part of what this does is that it instills a culture of fear, especially in, in, in those who are supposed to get up every morning and go to our prisons and, and perform certain functions and duties. Yeah, but that, that particular video where... Uh, people who look like inmates, I think two of them are taking official. That is all an act. We released a statement explaining mm. to say that that is, uh, that is an act, it's not a, a, a reality episode. But we managed to track down, you know, the person behind it. And we have since opened a criminal case against um, that individual because it is against Section 124 and 125 of Correctional Services Act because the retailer that they are using there uniform is identical to offender um, uniform and also the one for officials so that is not allowed unless you get permission which can only be granted by the national commission we've since opened a, a criminal case against the individual behind that and uh, it's, it's something that you know we condemn because we've been working with creative artists you know they come to us to say we intend working on this particular project can you assist or can you work with us and you know we're able you know to assist them and where in when when it comes to areas which are not permitted to and we also explain we even advise them on alternative means you know that they can explore because we don't want to uh, constrain creative artists uh, in mm. terms of their craft but mm. that particular episode it's not in reality it was all an act mm. How how often do you have to deal with with incidents of warders warders having relationships with inmates? Is it common? Uh, it's um, I, I wouldn't want to speculate. I will have to go back into the records and check because um, I'm also looking at my stint in the department. So I wouldn't want to limit it to that because I have to respond holistically. Uh, but I think it was, for instance, w- one of those cases, not uh, one of those rare cases where even the actual, you know, sexual, you know, incident, you know, was captured into that. That incident was, I think, a few years ago at Los Fontaine. Unfortunately, that official ended up taking her own life. And uh, um, so I think it's just one of those sporadic cases that you get from time to time. And uh, the hence then becomes, you know, a, a critical that we act when we pick up these things. But then what we've been saying to the supervisors is to say, uh, do not wait until, you know, something catastrophic happens. When you pick up certain things that, you know, look in a way peculiar, please act so that you can prevent, you know, these things. And we even make a call to our officials, you know, continuously to say, stick to the code, you know, exactly of your responsibilities. Mm. And so that, you know, you, by doing so, you, you even guarantee safety of not just inmates, but also for officials, because you can imagine if 
one official against one inmate in a true space, what will happen there? What if, you know, you know, uh, the, the safety, you know, for those people, you know, can can no longer be guaranteed because it's all about who has more power to, you know, to you know to overpower the other. In as much as you know, we train uh, thoroughly our officials, but what if? Uh, that that official finds uh, finds himself or herself overpowered, then you know, then his or her life is at stake. So then it becomes critical that you know we our officials follow the code of conduct, follow the procedure, so that you know we can prevent these things from happening. All right, let me go to the phone lines and take a call from anonymous. And anonymous, you're calling us to specifically talk about the employment issue as a trainee of the Department of Correctional Services. Thank you, SAFM, for the opportunity. Mm. Uh, Mr. Singabako Ngumalo, I, I know you are aware about the 2,000 learners that were dumped by the correctional services. Uh, Mr. Singabako Ngumalo, we tried to communicate with the centers, the management areas, and the regional offices, and the, and the head office, but in the head office, no one is picking up the phone there. Uh, we've been trying to get answers about what's going to happen, about, about, about what's going to happen, but... It seems like it's a futile exercise. No one is telling us anything. Uh, for example, the 925 uh, contract workers that their contract ended by the by the 17th of 17th of March. Nothing was said by the department. The department is still quiet even now. No one is saying anything. Can you please clarify us about what is going to happen about those trainees, the 925 and the thousand and the plus thousand one that were were told to stay at home from the twenty from the month end of December twenty twenty. Can you please tell us give us the time frames or the plan that the department is going to is going to is going to use or what's gonna happen to those trainees? Are you are you still gonna hire them or not gonna hire them so that they they can change their children from the schools they send to they can take the cars back to to, to their to the banks and stuff. So what, what's going to happen? Can you please clarify us? Mr. Ngumalo? Is it back to me? Oh, okay. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry about it. I thought you were going to come in. Yes. Uh, the, the issue of Linas, we are aware of it. And um, the issue is being prioritized to say uh, how we're going to go about absorbing those learners. But I think where the discussion has been altered to a point where it even erodes on uh, factuality uh, to like it compromises you know you know what's what, in real term you know what needs to happen we've been very clear in saying that leadership contracts you know are youth developmental problem co- uh, contracts are not employment contracts yes, yes we do train um, uh, 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 learners and then we absorb from that pool but what, okay. what has been happening in the public service, we all know about the shrinking press, you know, departments being asked to really look into their structures. We're undergoing the same uh, process as correctional services. But we said we need to prioritize this particular uh, issue and then and see, you know, how best are we, you know, are we able to place learners and also place them, you know, being guaranteed that, you know what, you know, there, there are vacancies there and that, you know, the, the salaries, you know, will be available. Unfortunately, I think then people, I think, are just running out of patience. And maybe if there was a gap in terms of communication, I think we'll have to acknowledge that. It's unfortunate that uh, people are saying they've been calling it office and no one is picking up. Then I'll, I'll be interested in knowing the actual conduct that, you know, they've been using because 
if the relevant section is unable to pick up the call center is there even if let's say the lines are not picked up there is even an email system you know that, you know, that people can use but the issue is receiving priority from the department because we're really looking to say with the shrinking pairs you know with you know the adjustment process that we're undergoing the department we need you know to um place the learners because we we have also lost quite a number of officials you know there are vacancies but it's a delicate process that uh, we are busy with uh, i guess you know a little bit of patience you know will assist perhaps the gap has been in terms of communication hence then people feel as if they've been dumped mr ngomalo sorry mr ngomalo the thing is here the 91025 ones in their memorandum when they were absorbed when they were taken on contract it was clear to say when they become competent, the department must absorb them. But that didn't happen. In the process, the department hired soldiers immediately while there are already competent learners in the system, the 925 students. That, that is not true, and I will explain why. We engaged with uh, organized labor and other structures uh, when we were very thin on the ground. This will be around... 2018 and early 2019 to say we are thin on the ground and, and members were complaining to say uh, the situation is not looking good and we already had uh, some learners at the colleges and we said we could not wait for those learners to complete their training otherwise we're going to have a crisis then an, an, an agreement was made to say let us look at officials who had resigned you know but could still come back and work, meaning they had not reached, you know, a retirement age. Then some of those officials were, uh, um, I mean, ex-officials were then brought back, meaning they were employed back into the department because they wouldn't require, you know, new training. There was also to say, okay, let us look elsewhere because those numbers were not sufficient. Then we said, who else is running youth developmental uh, uh, leadership programs in, in the security space? The FNCS, you know, was available. Then we had to take, you know, uh, 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 other learners, you know, from that particular pool. So it is uh, very, you know, wrong and unfortunate then when people said we overlooked our own learners, we went and then took SNDF members. I think it's just a correlation of, of, of this and to say when did this happen and what is the plan moving forward. I think we need to make it clear that when, when we had to take, you know, learners from SNDF, the situation was dire and we didn't have learners who were ready at the, t- at the time. Okay. No, Mr. Ngomalo, that is not All true. All right, Anonymous, Con- Anonymous, j- just hold on for me. Okay. So I'm going to put you back uh, on hold, uh, Mr. Ngomalo. I'm also going to put you at, on hold. It's 11 o'clock. Let me go to Amanda Machaka with the latest news headlines, uh, news update rather, and we'll give you two minutes to complete this after the news. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 8 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. Our focus for this hour is going to be on some of the housing issues that are continuing to brew in Alex. And this is mostly around the development of shipping containers that are being uh, currently being constructed to improve access to housing in that particular part of the city of Johannesburg. So we'll take a look at that story. We've, we've got different voices lined up from um, the municipal 
municipalities, offices uh, and from local residents to find out exactly what it is that they are raising issue with. Before we do, we, we, we go to that story, though, I'm going to give um, an opportunity to Anonymous and uh, Singaba Kongumalo to wrap up. And this is we've been talking about correctional services. We address the issue of the officials that have been um, suspended following, you know, that video that went viral of a warder and an inmate having sex on camera and um, also talking about some of the videos that are being filmed by inmates and uh, they're posting these videos online and also uh, finding that that in enough, uh, that there's been action taken there. So Anonymous, you are calling in to raise an issue about trainees who've been left hanging uh, in particular by the Department of Correctional Services. So I'm going to give you two minutes to put your point to uh, Mr. Ngumalo to wrap up the issues because you seem to not disagree on what he has said about, um, you know, the future of people like yourself because you were also part of that training program. And then, uh, Mr. Ngumalo, I'll also give you two minutes to give your side and we'll wrap it up with this particular conversation. Okay, okay. thanks a lot, ma'am. Uh, Mr. Singabako, I-, I was employed in 2019, March 2019. Then I finished my training uh, in 17, March 2020. Then I was put on contract which Mr. Mashinini said immediately when I become competent, I must be absorbed permanently. But that didn't happen. Then I was told that I'm competent by the month end of July 2020. Then the department from August 2020 continued to hire, to hire soldiers. And this year, uh, Mr. Lamula did confirm, it was even posted in the website, that the Department of Correctional Services uh, in combating COVID-19, they, they absorbed residents and learnership and learners, of which that didn't happen. Now I'm surprised that you are saying what you are saying, Mr. Singabakongumalo. Mr. Singabakongumalo, uh, can you please uh, tell us, tell the Department of Correctional Services to issue a communication to those learners that they must leave, they must go home, so that they can leave their places, they can take the communication to the, to the banks, those who are paying loans, to schools and to everywhere. Where, where they need, they need, they have to submit this communication so that they can be free. And can you please tell, uh, give me the time frame that when are you going to employ them? If you are planning to employ them, can you at least say before June or before May or before September we're gonna hire you? Thank you. Okay, does it back to me? Yes, yes it is. Yes. Okay. Firstly. I think one needs to highlight that having sufficient members on the ground is in the best interest of correctional services because we can uh, um, um, conduct our work diligently and we'll know that, you know, we cover all areas that we, we, we need to as per the mandate. Number two, why will DCS invest in training learners then dump them? That will not make sense. So I think we need to be very clear about that. Number three, Learnership contracts are not employment contracts. And I'll want to reiterate this. Learnership contracts are not employment contracts. It's even clear, even in terms of, you know, the, the, the bargaining council processes and even organized, you know, signed, signed to this effect. And I've explained the processes, you know, uh, that we undertook and what were the circumstances at the time. And I've also explained that the issue is receiving priority. And then, it, 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 therefore, it is wrong then for someone to say, I took up a loan because I was employed when all that you had was a learnership contract. I think that would be very wrong. But as a department, we will not train people and dump them. 
processes are in place, working out, you know, the best model in, in which, you know, will absorb, you know, the learners. But uh, someone cannot hold a gun on our heads and say, you know, do this and do it now. Unfortunately, that is not how government processes work, Kathy. So what happens next? Uh, is the department going to be able to issue this communique that they can use? Because people have obviously made plans around their lives based on the fact that they thought that they would be secured employment. Okay, it, it, it's, it's there. If, we're, if they were to show you their contract, these are leadership contracts. And when you, when you go to the GPSSBC resolution two of 2009, Clause 12.1. It does stipulate that leadership, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know uh, contract must be terminated once the training, you know, has ended. Then thereafter, it is a process to say how, as a department, are we able then to absorb, you know, those learners? Meaning that it, it, it's not automatic that if you finish end of March, therefore uh, the first of April, you know, we absorb you. We then have to look to say where strategically are we going to place them and where to have vacancies. We've been very clear. And once the process has started to say how best are we going to then place learners, you know, looking at the vacancies that, you know, that we have, then communication, you know, will happen, you know, at that time also directly with those, you know, who be affected affected by that particular process. And when you took the news bulletin, I checked with HR, and they confirmed that they've been uh, responding to inquiries that they've been receiving on this particular matter, which then raises the point when people say they are calling and no one, you know, is responding. I think that's just being disingenuous to that effect. Uh, look, I, I, I take what your HR office is saying, Mr. Ngumalo, but the reality is that Anonymous has been calling us over, over this issue for some time. I doubt that he'd be calling in saying that he's unable to get help from your department no, if, in we, fact, we, the we, matter we, was we, being we, dealt we, with. We are aware of the issue and we've been engaging even with organized labor, with all the unions you know, you know, in our space. And we've been explaining to say what is happening in the public service. And how, you know, as a department, we are looking to the issue and how, you know, we plan to address, you know, the, the issue of placement. But then for people to say they've been employed and now that is not true. All they had, you know, were leadership contracts, which uh, which then came to an end. I think we need to be very clear about, I mean, to be very clear about that, Casey. All right, let's leave it there for today. Uh, Singaba Kungumalo is the spokesperson for the Department of Correctional Services and Anonymous. I'm sorry that this is unfortunately how it looks like the journey ends, uh, at least for now, when it comes to this issue of learnerships by the Department of Correctional Services. I see some of you also sending in uh, agreeing with what Anonymous is saying about what this journey has been like. Uh, uh, Mr. Ngumalo, what you're saying is not true. SND members came after students completed their training. Uh, that's a message there from a voice note. It's accompanied with a uh, sorry message there from Anonymous. It's got a voice note as well, but uh, I won't have time to take it right now. Let's take a quick break and then we'll invite our guests as we take a look at the housing, in particular housing challenges in Alexander.